Welcome back to Epicast 103 Range Anxiety. I'm your host Martin Donnan and thank you to good old Aussie Rockers Dragon with their intro rain. And uh, the reason I played that today is because I've got our very one and only rain man Paul Howzon sitting next to me yet again. Hey Marty. Hey world. Hey babe. I was wondering where rain come from. There's not a cloud <laughs> You're in the rain sky. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not real good at counting though. <laughs> but didn't you only wear like you only only shop at Kmart or something? And only fly fly Qantas, isn't that what he was used to do? Oh yeah, yeah, only because they were the safest airline in the world. But I'll be more like well, who knows? No one flies anymore. I'll be more like um the Tom Cruise like shifty car dealer than he was in that movie. Because he's short. Yeah, and <laughs> I believe in all sorts of weird shit. And I'm Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I think he was probably cuter in the movie. So <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll take you that. Know, and like Tom, I do believe in all sorts of weird shit. Um, yep, yep, yep. Like, um, but, but where's the Rain Man thing coming from? What's going on here? What are you? Well, thinking? it's a bit of a H2O inspired fantasy today, isn't it? For this range anxiety, right? What were we just looking at? The Viper Nine. We no, were we were water. looking at something oh, to do with water. Oh, sorry. I'm Viper the is the dude at Tom Cruise. You that, got him on yep, your mind. Yep, Viper yep. Top Gun. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So you're thinking the vet we were just overlooking at. Because the vet gets him? Meth injection. Well, water meth injection. The vet gets him wet. And the reason Ooh. the vet gets him wet. You are not really with no, it today, no, no, are no. you? I was wondering where the whole rain thing The whole from. fear of a lockdown is, is, <laughs> is pretty much, which didn't happen, by the way. We're also devastated because we were looking forward to a few days' holiday. Yeah, I know man. that's selfish, but that's range anxiety. And most calm people are selfish, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they get more time at home in the shed playing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so what did we find when we looked at the C7? What did Rocco show us? Yeah, he found some plumbing that was uh, non-factory. Well, it looked yeah. like a bit of fish tank aquarium. It did. It line, exactly didn't. looked like the bubbler from the bottom of the tank, didn't it? it was <laughs> the old bubbler. <laughs> it was pretty rancid-looking bit of line there, and a pretty agricultural-looking setup, really. Well, those it? other lines that we saw coming uh, into the thing too weren't too flash either. The no, black ones. That no, go, they all look crap. They sort of. Where did they go into the inlet pipe or under the blower? Did they did they go pre-supercharger or post-supercharger? Pre-supercharger. It looked like they were straight into the intake track there. And what do you reckon they were squirting into the motor? Good old H2O. And what is some meth? And some meth. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, not, not the usual kind of meth we're used to here in good old South Australia. Boost juice, yes. methylated spirits, say. Yeah. Methanol. Yeah. Yep. Whatever. Um, and what was the fish tank line doing, you reckon? Because that went on to the. Um, after the lobes of the blower, didn't it? What That's that right. Going? And so that, that was that was your boost reference. Yeah. To turn your, your pump off and on for your, yeah. for your injection. Now there's two trains of thought there too though, uh, isn't it? Like you get meth injection for There's only one train of thought with nah, this well, shit, there's but... a cooling effect. But yeah. some actually use it as a fuel as well. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I thought you might know a bit more than Oh, that, I know but... plenty about it. <laughs> I know. I schooled up on you, man. Oh, I schooled up. I'm a, yeah, I'm a bit of a meth spurt. Yeah, um, okay. The cooling effect surely has to work. Well, it's it, been around for a long time. It does, but it's kind of. I mean, I, yeah, I've been yeah, I've been around for a long time too. Yeah. And I've dealt with a lot of water meth kits and meth and water injection systems over the years. And as a majority rule, they're all horseshit. They right. all should go in the bin. So they're a band aid. They're a band aid, and generally. 
engineered from twigs and tape. And that one was a good one. That was like yeah. that was like a name brand thing. Yep. Apparently there is one really good one called Aquamist or whatever that's got a pretty um, skillful kind of controller to it. It's been around for years. But it's not so much the control system that's the problem because the control system is quite, you know, simple. It's it's the implementation, let's yes. say. Fish tank lines, plastic tea pieces. So it's sort it's of prone to failure by the looks it of it. It didn't just, look great. No, it is engineered for failure. <laughs> um, and when it fails, normally because every cletus that does this kind of stuff will say, hey, I've got potentially a bit more octane in the fuel or potentially a bit more this or that. We'll then tune for it or yep. put more spark in or, or do all of this crap to it. So when the system inevitably fails, as it does, they blow the engine up. Yes, yes. You get me? So the fail-safe doesn't have a fail-safe. Yeah, yeah. the fail-safe. And also, with the poor implementation, what I've seen over the years is that all of the little nozzles and, and witchcraft trickery that they use to mount into the inlet stream of the car normally comes off and goes through the um, blower yep. or turbo, yep. whatever. Remember my Epicast blower head? Yes. Where that brass piece came off and just cleaned its teeth. <laughs> Well, more than cleaned its teeth, they cut it a whole new one, you know. Like, indeed. Rotor clearances in blowers are, are fairly tight. So why are these people fitting this gear on there? What, their fuel's not up to it? The engine's at the end of its Yeah, they're trying to call... They're doing, they're, look, they're trying to do all sorts of things. They're trying to cool the charge. They're trying to... Um, they're trying to uh, reduce detonation by cooling the charge. They're trying to add an octane booster into the whole scheme of thing. But, you know, on and on off switch, it's stupid uh, to say the best. Back... In the day, we used to, I mucked around with it a lot, um, hob switch, washer tank, water, piece of reasonable hose with the rubber hose, or sorry, yeah, like plastic hose with the end heat crimped over, and then various number of pinholes put yep, in the yep, end of yep. the tube to calibrate. <laughs> and that went through like a Vortex supercharger. So anyone yeah. that's had one of those over the years and knows where they bought it from will know the mastermind. And, and when you say back in the day, because I've been around a little while as well, that, mm. that sort of thing was like, I'm talking 80s and 90s they were doing water and meth, weren't they? Try 60s and 70s. Well, see, I'm not that old. Yeah, <laughs> and that, well, you are actually, so well, shut up. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, read it's been that. around for a long time and... A professionally implemented system properly done with proper control systems, fail-safes and what have you would probably be not a bad thing. Yeah. But it's rarely, like I said, ever carried out that way. Yep. And a lot of what people don't understand too, and I've seen this firsthand on a Hyundai XL with an M62, Ooh. I reckon, Eaton supercharger on it. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> inhaling copious amounts of water. And again, many years ago, is it will actually bring the, bring the boost pressure up? Why will it bring the boost pressure up? You've reduced the the combustion, the area. It's taken up area inside. Well, yeah, it, it increases the seal between the lobes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. water doesn't like being yeah. compressed at the best no, of times. That's, it's incompressible. Well, I'm well yeah, well, it's incompressible by a bloody supercharger or a internal combustion yeah. engine. Next, that's for next sure. minute's hydro lock. Yeah, but yeah, so it sort of gets that load clearance pretty pretty yeah. tight as well. Well, you throwing all that metho through your blower is that a good thing? Ah, look, I've never seen a water meth system last long enough to have done, <laughs> have done the, yeah. the durability yeah. exercises on, on such a process. But yeah. uh, would you consider using it on your on your supercharged? No, because I've got another idea. 
Um, actually, the idea that you're implementing over there as well, I think. And what is that idea? For? That would be flex fuel. Surely, a little bit of E85. E85, E85. You're about to <laughs> Some say. corn gas in there yeah. will do the job. Well, yeah. It, exactly the same. It's got a cooling effect. It's a better, well. Yeah, it, but what, what, <clears throat> not yes and no, because what they're trying to do with water injection is cool the air charge and, and uh, make it more dense before it gets to the port. Right. You see, well, you're, with port injection, you're doing it right at the port, at the back of the valve. After the cooler, for example. Actually, in the case of the Corvette, you're actually probably doing it in the chamber with direct yeah. injection. So, so is it, is <sighs> it, does it going to work? E85 will work because it's a naturally higher octane. Yes. I don't know. I mean, you know, and a lot the, of... It makes, it's cooler for some reason, the it, cooling effect. Yeah, well, yeah, it is, but it, it absorbs heat better but when you actually look at egts with the 85 engines versus um petro gas you know uh, uh, gasoline engines there's not there's not a lot of difference this yeah, cooling okay. effect is is kind of overrated yeah right from what i've seen um but so, so you, you know you don't you don't run your car on e85 and all of a sudden you've got to put a hot thermostat in it to get it up the temperature you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that just doesn't happen yep. or at least not in my experience again i don't know everything and pretty much i don't know much at all but i, I do know that so i've seen it so the gist of it is that the meth thing does work but you wouldn't recommend it the meth thing would work <clears throat> how do i say it the meth thing would work if it was done properly yeah but you know, just simply not enough of these installs are done properly. They're done uh, with twigs and tape by people that shouldn't be touching cars in the first place. Yep. Hence, they blow everything up. So, should we look at putting a, a proper aquamist set up on yours and yeah. doing it is right? It, is, it a, is it a doable thing? Well, it's cheaper than the fuel pumps you're looking for. It certainly is. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a pretty expensive upgrade, but I think it's something that's inevitable. I... I've already seen my um, fuel pressures drop. Yeah, yeah. Through logging. Um, yeah. Not alarming, but yeah, yeah. alarming. <laughs> well, look, any time you lose control of the fuel system, you lose control of the engine. Yes. So yeah. now, you know, you're at the you're at the whim of physics rather than your own personal ability or inability with the keyboard. You're at the whim of physics to determine and flow to determine whether your engine's going to survive or not. And who knows what's going to happen to that pressure drop of temperature, for example. That's right. So if I go and bung on a, an aqua mist or whatever system, mm. I'm, that's purely a band-aid on something that's still not um, up to it. Yes and no. Um, because if you did it properly and you monitored um, air fuel ratio as yeah. an input, as an input to the water injection system, you could probably make it a safeguard as well. Yeah, okay. See? And then you've got to be careful how you mix your juice. Right. <laughs> you know, because you want to get your mix just right. I reckon... 50 I reckon what we do is we actually run a pure methanol. Right. No water. Just pure meth. Great cooling, great octane boost. Right. You'll be able to put some more spark in the thing. Yep. Providing the system still operates... Yeah. That's why you need to log air fuel ratio because if you put pure meth in it, you'll see an offset on air fuel ratio. And as soon as that stops, it'll mean part of your system has inevitably failed. Yeah. And you're So reduced. that's what I was getting at. Is that then becomes a fuel rather than just a Yeah, that, that would become an extra fuel, yeah. Yeah. It's like the old days where we used to put an additional injector. 
That, that was a thing. Yeah, in too. front of the yeah, oh yeah, yeah. the seventh injector on VL turbos and it was stuff. common. Yeah, you know, a uh, great Aussie uh, tuning company, AVO, back in the day had an additional injector controller, and I think when I had Fueltronics, we did a, an additional injector controller. But surely that's because you've run out of fuel in your yeah, injectors. So yeah, and up in the injectors, and there weren't there weren't wasn't good enough software around to rescale injector sizing back then. So we all used additional AICs, additional injector controllers. Yeah, okay. So yeah, the old seventh injector, and you know people are um, doing it now on GDI cars, um, direct injection cars. There are companies around Australia and around the world, in fact, that are making old additional injector systems again because. Uh, the GDI injectors and pumps are notoriously difficult to upgrade and the only way to do it well there are many ways of doing it but when the aftermarket starts playing with the tight tolerances in a, in a um, high pressure direct injection pump normally they fail yeah I've, I've had many personal experiences with them failing from name brand companies your cars like your Lambos or your Audis for example that have um, 10 GDI injectors Rather than upgrading the fuel system as starch, remember what we did, we put in a, a different inlet manifold on that had also 10 port injectors. Yes. And we're able to phase them back with their own fuel system. We used to process West uh, twin pump surge tank just for the top section, remember, of the, yep. Yep. Of the V10 engine. And we we're able to, um, because we used a, a, the Cyvex ECU, we we're able to phase primary and secondary injection. and. Yeah, that, that worked really, really well. That's a substantial sort of like setup though, isn't it? There's yeah, yeah, it was a couple like a of 10, bits of line 10, 10 and 15 a, grand manifold, yeah, the no. right ECU. Yeah. But, you know, that gave you enough. You had like the, the standard fuel system on the V10 that would support, you know, uh, 900 rear wheel horsepower. And then you put 10 more 2000s on top of it with its own supply. You know, you're supporting 2000 horsepower, no problems. All controlled by the oxy sensors, I take it. So they're... they're no, yeah, what it would do, the wideband. So what it would do is... This is how simple it is. You didn't, well, with the Cyvex, you didn't rewrite another map as such for the secondary injectors. You just said it monitored wideband itself the whole time. And you just said how much split under how much load, how much work you wanted the top to be doing and how much yep. work you wanted the bottom to be doing. Yep. And it was really, really cool like that. So you just, you wouldn't, it was killer. It was seamless. Yeah, yeah. And perfect, it worked really, really integration. well. Yeah. So if I'm going to be bunging a meth kit, yeah. doing. 100% meth on the front of yeah. my VF, yeah. what's controlling that? We don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like well, it. I know Unichip do a really good device that, that does it. Like the Uni-X will do it. I know they use it. I think they use it on patrols and so forth that are GDI to get more fuel into them where, uh, when they're supercharged. So I reckon we could put a Uni-X on it, which is a, a reliable device. It's a quality device. It's not like twigs and tape. That's right, because that's what it needs. If, if there's some fault or some regulation... Irregular, irregularity irregularity in the system where it's not doing what you want it to do you, you're going to find out a little bit late yeah well, that's right it's you're normally the when damage is done yeah when you're shoveling it up off the floor and i've been there when things go bang yeah, yeah it's like how do they go bang you should have known earlier than that should have known better yeah. That's what you should have known. <laughs> True. To mount your boost controller in your console yeah. and then slam the console lid on it. And, and not have be it, able to see it. And have it set up for max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I worked on a rally car the other day, um, Porsche 944 Turbo, and we were trying to give it a high-low boost switch, and it was like just before the event. And they actually had the thing just plumbed. Just before the event. Ju just, oh. just before. Since you, you know. <laughs> and they actually... 
this is so stupid. They actually had this thing plumbed up and it had been like this for many years. So that if the way, like if the, anything in the boost control system failed, it went to max boost. I reckon I know the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Might have been here. Inverted, that, inverted being yeah. the common word for that system <laughs> and that car. Now, how the hell does someone come up with that sort of reckoning behind their system? What is the theory there? Stupidity, normally. Um, so, is, was it? It wasn't. Wreck? Wasn't the owner of the vehicle's no. fault? We're not picking on him here, but whoever plumbed it up and initially set up that Motec on the system should have actually flopped around the control system like physically on the wastegate so yeah. that most things will go to a limp mode yeah, where they so rip if, power so, out well if normally if your boost control valve fails you go to wastegate yep in this case if the boost control uh, valve failed it went flat out <laughs> so that's really really good so you know when it fails so all of a sudden it goes really really fast and unfortunately that poor bugger hasn't had a lot of fun with um, inverted boost valves no, shall we no. say and not just on that car but <laughs> And that car needs fully re-plumbing once they b uh, bash the roof and the rear quarters and hatch back Put into shape. Put it back into shape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we will look at fixing that for him because you always want your failsafe to be to your minimum, not your maximum. Yes, I like it. Okay, so what else is news this week? Speaking of failsafes, did you watch any of Pike's Peak? I, I only watched a little bit. Like I said, I had it running in the background. Um, I didn't get as much of a, a gist of it as you did. Yeah, I, I watched you, it carefully, obviously. Yeah, yeah. you obviously inform me of all the going-ons, but it seems that the um, Tesla went quite well. Yeah, well, it did, because the, the, it's, it's hard to correlate now with other times, because they shortened the track by about three minutes, yep. because it was snowing up there. <laughs> and, that, you know, that's no good, and it yeah. probably would have been good for that car had it, it been snowing. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it came 10th overall, which is pretty good up against the specials, and it came first in exhibition by a lot, you know, 30, 40 seconds or something. And there's still some pretty crazy machines get up there, don't Oh, they? yeah. There's some, you know, you know, Bobby Answer, Al Jr. with, you know, open wheelers with wings. And, yeah. you know, it, and there's some LMGT cars. And, you know, it was it was pretty crazy, um, the sort of stuff that was going on there. And, yeah, I think 10th is the best they could have hoped for. And it was fast, you know, and, and it was really good and it didn't break and Randy didn't prank it. So there's there's all sorts of good things come away from it. The, the one thing I didn't like about it yeah. was that good, awful noise all the way up the, the track. The police, the siren. <laughs> didn't you see what they did? No, I didn't. Oh, Every they, time I had it playing, that stupid real, 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 like yeah, that. Yeah, yep. no, no, no. They re-plumbed it all. They put an extra 25 kilograms of external speakers into it right. to, pay, to play all the plaid soundtrack from Spaceballs. <laughs> That's better. So, you, you know, know. I'll have to keep my eyes Yeah, no, that, no. Right? So it makes all these weird, yep. you know, my God, they've gone plaid when it's on the line. And, you know, this is pumping outside the car and everyone's just standing around pissing themselves, yep. laughing as, yep. as you would. It seemed like quite a funny thing to do. So... That, yeah, that was a really cool event for that car. But what what has happened is a few things that have happened since because they're filtering out into the hands of the the general public now in America at a pretty rapid rate. There's a ton of YouTube coming up with yes. people running them and, you know, doing things with them. Um, Bloomberg, um, that lovely US financial rag, have got hold of the plaid and have released an article that said, you know, it's why does anybody need a car this fast? It's irresponsible kind of thing and it's yeah. going to hurt people and yep. it's going to hurt people's necks. And, you know, this sort of just reeks of, like, the supercar scare and stuff again. We've been there. It's happened many, many times. Well, it happened it? with... Look, I believe an ex 
why Falcon doing 140 it, mile an hour is pretty scary. I can remember that, yeah. Yeah, you got to remember, currently Plaid's limited to 163 mile an hour. Yeah, and it's, look at it compared to an XY Falcon. Yeah, well, oh, it's probably not as good. I mean, <laughs> you know, it doesn't have the crank. But they've limited it to 163 mile an hour till, um, till the new wheel and tyre package is available for 200. And 163 mile an hour is just giving the boys and girls enough scope with the right set up on the car and aftermarket wheels and tyres and stuff to go eights. But right? what do you mean? There's cars out there that go that fast with tyres from factory now. Yeah, but they, for some reason, haven't validated the wheel and tyre package at 200 mile an hour. So there's a heap of guys out there and girls out there, but a heap of guys putting up videos now at the moment. And they're getting, I think the fastest one I've seen is from a guy, a YouTuber called Situation Plaid, who's (laughs) a mate of Brooks from Drag Times and he's up there and he's, he clocked a 9.22 at 153 on the street. It's quicker than the Leno, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you, I told you that in some situations with street rubber, that VHD is going to slow you down. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We've always seen this over the years. Might have been altitude and air temperatures. Oh, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Altitude altitude doesn't bother them. (laughs) Nah, it doesn't really bother them. But yeah, so situation Plaid's gone a nine two two, and he released like a 15-minute video, a 16-minute video, talking about how wicked this car was and da-da-da-da-da. And the first thing he said, well, halfway through the video, not the first thing he said, but he did say he can't wait to get a set of welds on it. Oh, yeah. And oh, that's gonna, I could lend him a Drag set. radials, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> so I said it, well, he's on it. He yeah. said, people are going, and I think Brooks from Drag Times will do that, but he's setting up a, doing a YouTube shout-out where he's getting, putting up prize money or whatever, and he's going to get two or three plaids. They're going to hire a track in the middle of the state somewhere and put it up against every new car because all of that, all of the times at the moment are pointing to it being unbeatable, like the 60 to 120 mile an hour increment the rolling increment it's faster than um the previous king which is a 675 lt and by a reasonable you know a few tenths by a reasonable margin i think it's 3.84 seconds or something yeah, okay. from that break versus 4.1 for the mac and the difference being and what is killing the fanboys normally as the speeds increase the supercars came back at it um no, the gap's only getting bigger now yeah till it, till it runs into its speed limit at 163 mile an hour at full trim Nine two, it's that, pretty that, quick. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it, no one, you're not going to get fast than that, surely. Like, are they logging wheel spin? Are they logging? They're not logging anything. They're just putting their foot down. Yeah, but so is it going to go faster just because you've running a better tire package, like some drag radials? Possibly. They reckon. They reckon all of the guys that, that I know of that are doing this reckon they can feel traction interference up to about. 80 to 100 mile per hour. Torque management. You can feel the torque management up yeah, to 80 to 100 okay. mile an hour. So if they're on a prep surface with a proper drag radial, that'll remove all of that. Wow. So that'll give the thing a chance to run. And I, in that situation, even though it's stickier and the track's stickier and VHT slows you down, without torque management, you should expect to see high 150s. I reckon a 158 mile an hour pass out of one of these things. At about, I'll go out there on record and say it now because Brooks doesn't have his... Yet, I reckon, here's my call, 8.91 at 158.3. There Damn. you go. Dead stock, other than wheels and tyres. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm figuring. And Are, are they going to be a limiting factor in that, you know, like, um, even here in Australia, HSV, Commodores, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. They get them out the track. The first thing they have to do is pull the big bloody brakes off. 
because you can't get the right size wheel tire. Good thing about Tesla is they're a proper American muscle car. Um, they probably don't. They don't think they got much in the way of brains. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because being all-wheel drive too. Yeah. Y- yeah. You're going to want them all round, aren't you? So and you're going to want smaller brakes on the front. Well, too. then, well, if you've got to put smaller brakes on the back, you can just grab them off the old Model S. There's and a bolt on. I mean, yeah, I know yeah. people that with Commodores that actually uh, crimped off the rear brake lines and didn't have rear I, brakes at all. I do remember in the VE that. days, yeah. and I know who you are. You're from Melbourne, but I'm not going to mention you. <laughs> while you were sitting on a milk crate steering it with chopsticks, you know, it's yeah. that bloody stripped. But yeah, on the track you don't have to slow down that much. Oh, exactly. Just let it roll off. Exactly. Yeah. And just use a regen at the end. Anyway, we got double braking. Exactly. Well, there you go, Paul. That went very fast. There's Epicast 103 done and dusted. Oh. So we haven't got a lockdown. So guess what you're doing tonight? Back off to work, the Servo. Make sure you, well, you're going to have to cleanse yourself and have a shower <laughs> when you get there. Thanks, you know. everyone, for listening to Range Anxiety.